afternoon. You are listening to The Scoop on CFRC 101.9 FM, CFRC.ca, and podcasting on Spotify and iTunes. I'm Kareem Mosna. This week on The Scoop. Build a community of individuals who have come to Queen's through this fellowship, who want to work together, you know, to change the world for a better place. It sounds terribly naive, but it's actually a terribly beautiful idea as well. Queen's University is set to be the first in Canada to launch a fellowship program for social impact. What does this mean exactly? Well, according to a release from Queen's, the one-year certificate program will provide the tools, knowledge, and networks to take on the world's greatest challenges, from housing affordability to climate change. To learn more about the Advanced Leadership for Social Impact Fellowship program, I reached out to the two co-directors. First, we'll hear from Jean-Baptiste Littrico, the director of the Centre for Social Impact at Queen's Smith School of Business. Uh, I want to know, basically, why this program was created. Um, so I think the, the program was created um, to respond to a, a need, uh, a perceived need, an expressed need by, by a number of uh, community members and people involved in, in social impact initiatives. And that need is uh, really the need to bring together the different sources of expertise uh, to to collaborate and and invent novel solutions to longstanding social problems. And so um, it's also the need for individuals to acquire the skills and the knowledge needed to become leaders of social change initiatives. so, so that's really why the program was was created to to have a um, a way to bring together expertise within Queens uh, from different faculties to bear on and, and work on um, uh, issues of, of you know social uh, social challenges. Okay, and as you mentioned, they're from different faculties within Queens. So, will you? So, it's a very um, an approach where you'll have someone from, say, uh, a science department, uh, and then someone from a completely different department, all teaching within this program. Absolutely, I think that's one of the uh, the differentiator of this program. As far as as we know, I think it's really the first program that brings together all the faculties. So, the the, the program has been supported and um, really um, uh, you know, uh, uh, advised uh, in its design by uh, an advisory committee composed by all deans of all faculties on campus. Um, so it's, it's really unprecedented and it's, it's, it's wonderful to, to see that level of uh, commitment from all the deans. And so in the program, we'll have uh, faculty members from, from various uh, departments, various units, um, you know, um, so obviously education and business because, you know, but because uh, the, both Ted and I are, are, are based in those uh, faculties, but we have a very, very strong uh, support as well from um, all the other faculties, uh, engineering, health sciences, arts and science, uh, um, law, um, uh, health, uh, well, and etc. Now, this is really looking at you know, some, some very large scale uh, s- social issues that are going on in the world. I know in the release you cited, for instance, uh, housing affordability, climate change. So um, who, so in a sense, who, who, who can take this program? Would someone need to already be coming in with a, a degree in another program? We're hoping to attract to this program individuals who are 
typically mid-career. So people who already have um, some, some experience, some leadership experience in their, in their specific uh, domain or sector. And uh, we're hoping to attract individuals coming from diverse backgrounds. So from the public sector, from the nonprofit sector, or from the, the business sector. Um, and, and those, what, what uh, the, the fellows will have in common is, is this passion for, for social change, for social impact. You know, those are individuals who want to become champions either within their own organizations or, um, you know, uh, you know the, or maybe they want to become entrepreneurs and start something new uh, themselves. Uh, but, but what they have in common is, is you know, the, the willingness to become champions of social change initiatives and social impact projects. And, um, and the, uh, so what the program will offer them is an opportunity to you know, develop their leadership skills, you know, acquire new skills and, and knowledge and resources and become part of a network of, of change makers eventually, you know, that will grow each year as, as we uh, welcome more fellows to this program. So really, it, it, this can, can lead to, 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 to systemic change, uh, you know, through building this network. Well, that's our hope, definitely. You know, that's, uh, I think that's, um, that, that's why we're, we're excited about, about this program. It's, it's, uh, we've, um, you know, we, we're, our hope is, is that, you know, through this program, we're really bringing together um, you know, people um, throughout, you know, uh, first of all, within Queens, you know, individuals, researchers, faculty members, students who are interested in working on, on those issues. And, and, um, and we're hoping through the program to connect them with, uh, um, you know, uh, people outside of Queens uh, in the community and, and in other organizations um, who, uh, you know, who um, are interested in learning more and, and engaging uh, you know, with uh, with us on those on those projects. You mentioned uh, people who might be mid career. You know, who, who might uh, join this. I also understand it. It's a hybrid uh, learning environment. So, is it kind of designed, perhaps, for someone maybe who who, who is who is still you know uh, w- w- working you know for an organization, but to also be taking courses on the side? Is that sort of how it's designed in a sense? Yes, absolutely. That's why we've created an off, uh, a hybrid, uh, a hybrid format, a hybrid delivery format. So, in this sense, we, there are four uh, in-residence sessions in Kingston uh, on campus. Um, each each session will last uh, a few days, you know, th- three to four days, um, and the rest of the program is delivered online. And, and so, we've done this in order to uh, enable uh, people who still who are still working. Uh, to participate. Um, also, people who are far away um, make it easier for them to participate in the program. Now, this is the first of its kind in Canada. That's right. Uh, so, uh, as far as we know, that's that's the first of, of its kind in Canada. Um, there are programs in the U.S. that are um, um, that have existed for for a couple of years. There are not too many, but there are a few uh, that are somewhat, you know. Um, uh, similar, although there, there's, there are there are very important differences as well. Um, so Harvard University is the, the, the has offered a program for a few years that uh, is uh, also a fellowship uh, with a social impact theme, but it's it's structured very differently. Um, we were fortunate to have the opportunity to really exchange a lot with with the founders of this program and really understand how they design their program and and. And um, uh, you know we've we've um, 
we've, we've, we've really benefited from exchanges with other universities doing somewhat similar things. I, I do believe there's a, there's a tidal shift. You know, there's, the, the, the world is changing. The, 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 we realize that there, there, are, there are those you know, entrenched longstanding problems that need novel approaches. And, and universities are realizing this, I think they're, they're changing and, and um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really um, excited that this new program we're launching at Queens, um, you know, will, will be part of you know, Queens' uh, response to this um, new demands from society. Now you mentioned Harvard, is, 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 is this where a program of this kind originated? Uh, so there was uh, Harvard was the first university that I know uh, to offer uh, a, a program that was somewhat similar. Um, there's there are others as well. There's a there's a, a couple a handful I would say of programs in the U.S. Um, we we collaborate we we exchange we communicate with all of them. There's a, there's a forum that we're part of. Um, uh, but I want to emphasize that. Um, uh, um, you know, the program we've created is, is, uh, is unique in a number of ways. Um, it's, um, it's, it's hybrid in, in format to enable broader participation. Um, it's anchored in specific projects to um, uh, really have impact as the, at the forefront. Um, those are, you know, I think, really differentiating uh, features. Now this program, so uh, October is 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 when it, it'll begin. October of twenty twenty two. That's right. And it will run for is is this for like a, a full year right through to twenty twenty three? That's correct. Yes, it's a, it's a twelve month uh, program. Um, you know, again with uh, you know uh, four residencies uh, in the residence sessions. The first uh, such session is uh, scheduled for the end of October. And the last one will be next year around the same time um, in October as well. And what are the eligibility requirements to, to be considered for the program? The eligibility really is um, you know, experience and kind of um, um, experience in, 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 um, in their existing domains you know, of, of uh, activity um, and um, a, you know, willingness to uh, to to take on uh, social change, you know, initiatives and 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 to uh, to um, to lead social change initiatives, uh, because this uh, this is a non-degree program. This is not a, a said um, uh, sanctioned uh, a program. So it's a, it's a certificate program, which actually uh, provides um, us some flexibility um, to. Um, you know, to, to relax some of the uh, some of the requirements that would apply for 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 traditional degree programs, and I think this is well well fitting for a program like this, where really for us the priority is to is to uh, recruit to the program to attract to this program individuals who have a passion uh, for for change and who who might have you know who might have been. Um, uh, very involved in social initiatives, but may, maybe not through a traditional academic, you know, initial, initial training. Um, and for us, for this program, you know, we think it would be uh, it would be uh, a shame not to enable such individuals to participate uh, in the fellowship. There's my conversation with one of the two co-directors of the Advanced Leadership for Social Impact Fellowship Program launching at Queen's University this coming October. 
Now, Ted Christou, the Associate Dean for Graduate Studies in Education from Queen's University, joined in the conversation. He is the other co-director of the fellowship program. This is, this is a great opportunity to just really talk about the fact that really, I think what we're trying to realize in some respects is, is Queen's University's historic role playing that is played in the public uh, imaginary and in the public uh, discourse. Queen's has been uh, a leader in social impact and sustainability for much of its history. And, and I believe that this is evident in the last two years where it's been ranked top 10 in the, the Times, uh, in the Times Higher Education Impact Rankings for um, contributions to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. So really, to some extent, what we're hoping to do is to um, really connect with potentially fellows, uh, the public in ways that's, that hasn't happened historically or that hasn't happened in many years, but also to continue to build those relationships that we've had, right? And so in addition to, you know, any list of criteria we really have for, for candidates or student or, you know, fellows in the program, and what we're really looking for as a program itself is, is a commitment to real change, as JD's just said. Um, and, and so this is really built in, built in and baked into the program is that the community that we're trying to build is really committed to change. And, and this is evident even in the structures as in the previous um, answer, JB was talking about how the, the program is a 12 month program. What's really important is that at the end of the program is coincides with the beginning of the next year. And so what we're trying to do as well is build continuity from one cohort of students to the next. And, and therein also build a community of individuals who have come to Queens through this fellowship, who want to work together, you know, to change the world for a better place. It sounds terribly naive, but it's actually a terribly beautiful idea as well. Great, great. And um, how how long has has this program sort of been been in in const under construction? Sort of, you know, in terms of when when the idea came to create it and, and the process it took to actually get it. Um, you know, to, to be official. It's taken programs of this nature to build the coalitions that um, that we've built um, take a tremendous amount of consultation and a tremendous commitment of, you know, of, of, of the community and I think of the of JB and I really and, and, and our team um, consulting not only with faculty and students, but also as JB's mentioned, we have all of the dean's support on this program. We have the principal dean's support on this program. We've consulted with the provost's office, with the Office of Indigenous Affairs. So all of this has taken well, well, well upwards of a year. But I think the real genesis of this, and it would be a beautiful story maybe for JB to talk about um, his work in the Center for Social Impact and how that really um, led to uh, the spark that, that, um, that started this. Yeah, and, and just to add, I think, the, just the stressed amount of consultation that we've done within the university is maybe what I spoke about more earlier, but also throughout the community and 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 uh, across Canada. So um, this kind of program doesn't get built by you know two co-directors um, you know sitting in an office and dreaming it up. It's really been uh, while while JB and I have the privilege of really um, serving to help co-direct it and and having work to help build it. You know, I just want to also note the incredible uh, contributions from uh, from from graduates of uh, alumni of Queen's University, faculty members, staff, leadership, and and folks who are not right now at Queen's, but but are really interested in the program. So this has really been 
Um, this has really been a program that's built, that's built around the establishment of community, but we've implemented that right from right from the core of when we started to really build. So, so it, 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 <laughs> that hasn't quite answered exactly how many months it's taken, but, um, but, but it's, it's, it's taken a significant amount of time for us to get to this point, and, and that's really why we want to celebrate it. Ted Christou, the Associate Dean for Graduate Studies and Education and one of the co-directors of the upcoming Advanced Leadership for Social Impact Fellowship Program. I'm Kareem Mosna. You're listening to The Stroop on CFRC 101.9 FM, CFRC.ca, and on podcast. Now we turn over to the local arts scene. Here is our community arts reporter, Christina Laurie. Hello, I'm Christina Laurie coming in with your arts news updates. The mysterious projecting artist has struck again. You may recall the unexplained projections of swimmers spotted at Novel Idea on Princess Street that was on Canada Day, and it was followed up the next weekend by projections of winter scenes taken by a drone appearing on the side of one of the tour boats at the bottom of Brock Street, as well as at Centennial Fountain. This weekend's sighting was on the night of Saturday, July 23rd at Richardson Beach. They projected onto the pavilion at the beach as well as the Martello Tower. Here's what a witness had to say about the site. So would you like to describe the scene here at Richardson Beach? Well, it's a beautiful evening with the wind coming off of the lake. It's warm, and we're watching uh, the video of um, icebergs and people in the water uh, on a a huge white screen billowing in the wind, and it's just a, a really amazing scene here. This seems to be ongoing, so be sure to keep your eyes peeled for more sightings like this around Kingston. The Princess Street Promenade is back for 2022. Downtown Kingston invites you to take a stroll down Princess Street on July 30th. The festival runs from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. and will close Princess Street to vehicular traffic from Division Street all the way to Ontario Street. Promenade is a one-day festival that promotes active living and community involvement in the downtown. Many will remember from past years, and the downtown businesses and community groups are sure to amaze again this year. With bouncy castles, giveaways, building challenges for kids, and of course shopping, there's something for every family member to enjoy. Also, us folks at CFRC will be there, so be sure to come say hi. Streets will be closed from approximately 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. to allow for setup and teardown for the activities. Again, that's on Saturday, July 30th on Princess Street between Ontario Street and Division Street. The Agnes Ethering Arts Centre has a few installations opening at the end of this month. We've spoken briefly before about the Fabrics of Representation, which just opened on July 16th. This exhibition highlights the ability of art to closely mimic nature, and this well-established trope in the European painting of the early modern period, and will be running until December 4th. On July 30th, Fugitive Rituals will open and run until December 4th. Writer and scholar Tina Camp defines fugivity as the daily practice of refusal. Using this definition, the exhibition itself is a fugitive act of self-determination, which actively shapes the culture in which it is embedded through the repetition, returning, and shifting of its practices, its daily rituals. Also running from July 30th to December 4th is Where Were You in 92? Through experimentation with sound, image, found texts, and acts of counter-archiving of personal and political experiences, Where Were You in 92? brings forth the embodied archives of the groundbreaking legacy of Fresh Arts, a Black artist-led program that was born out of the fury of impassioned youth. Pamela Matharu, one of the mentees of Fresh Arts, returns not only to this pivotal moment, but also to her mentor, Winsome Winsome whose more than a decade-long activist history in Kingston, Ontario is underrecognized. Matharu looks back to Toronto's 1992 youth-led uprising on Young Street that gave rise to fresh arts. The final exhibition from July 30th to December 4th is The Masks We Wear, 
which is an installation made by the previously mentioned Ashanti Maroon artist, Winsome Winsome. She has a remarkable career as a multimedia artist with a background working in varied media. Textiles, painting, video, installation, and puppetry. Be sure to catch these installations at the Agnes later this month. The Union Gallery has just said goodbye to two exhibitions over the weekend with Imagining Sustainable Futures and What Are You Reading having their closing receptions on July 23rd. So be sure to stay tuned for what they have coming up next. Modern Fuel Artist Run Center will be holding their closing reception for their summer exhibitions on Thursday, July 28th. The exhibitions coming to a close are Documents from Antarctica, Moving Forward Looking Back, and Rough as Silk. That will be at their space in the Tet Center if you're interested in attending and meeting the artists, connecting with the local community, and enjoying some drinks as they send off their summer exhibits. That'll be at 7 p.m., and while registration is not required, you can head to modernfuel.org to register and give them an idea of numbers. With these exhibitions coming to a close, Modern Fuel is also celebrating the return of Summer Long Day August Arts Residency. The last time this was run was August 2020 and offered participating artists access to a personal selection of the gallery to use as studio space, access to the equipment in the new media workspace, a year-long membership to Modern Fuel, a $100 stipend, and feedback sessions with select members of the board, as well as local curators, administrators, academics, and artists. Artists were also given promotional support for future exhibitions and events that resulted from the residency where possible. Here's a bit about the upcoming 2022 Long Days Residency from Modern Fuel Executive Director Kate Allen. Coming up in August, you have your Long Days Artist Residency coming up. Did yeah. you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, I'm really excited about the residency. So we have four artists who are going to be taking over the gallery spaces for the month of August. And... Um, we're, we're turning the galleries into studio space. So Long Days was also, um, it was formed in during the pandemic in response to the lack of affordable studio space in Kingston. So it's really difficult for artists to have space to be able to create, um, let alone just pay our rent. <laughs> so yeah, we are turning the galleries over to the artists just to create. And we have the artists that um, will be involved have a wide range of mediums that they'll be working in. So there's a bunch of different uh, art forms that we will be um, presenting. And the artists don't have to complete a finished project by the end of it, um, but they will be presenting an artist talk um, for the community just to talk about their experience with the program and how um, it has, you know, shaped their artistic practice. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. It'll be nice just to have the space fill with people creating um, as well. We do a lot of presentation of art, so mm -hmm. it'll be really nice to offer space for folks to create art as well. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Again, that was Executive Director of Modern Fuel, Kate Allen, with what you can expect from this year's August Long Days Residency at the Tet Center. Artfest to end media partnership after backlash. A controversial newspaper will no longer be included in future Artfest events after pushback from members of the community. Epoch Times is a far right-leaning publication that, particularly in recent years, has published articles that many say are bigoted and generally have just promoted misinformation. Some attendees were dismayed to see the company have a booth at this year's Art Fest and felt their inclusion didn't align with the event or its theme of connections. A petition was launched asking for the festival's organizer, Lori McDonald, to nix any future association with the media outlet. McDonald said Art Fest has taken the feedback into account and will no longer partner with the company going forward. Art Fest took place over the Canada weekend after a two-year hiatus. The city is working with residents and community partners to offer programming that recognizes Emancipation Day in 2022. 
Themes include remembrance and resilience, as it is important for everyone to learn more about the history of slavery and abolitionism in Canada, and to educate, reflect, and engage in the ongoing fight against anti-Black racism and discrimination. They have already announced various events in support of this goal. Just a few of the events they've announced celebrating Black art and artists include Stories in the Square, featuring Judith Brown and Ruthie's Reading Room, presented by the Kingston Frontenac Public Library. That'll be Thursday, July 28th at 10.30 a.m. at the City Hall Amphitheater. Movies in the Square this Thursday will be featuring Black Soul and Hidden Figures. If you want to catch those films, they'll be shown at dusk in Springer Market Square, Thursday, July 28th. Previously mentioned, upcoming exhibitions at the Agnes are also in support of the initiative to recognize Emancipation Day, featuring Pamela Matharu, Where Were You in 92, and Winsome Winsome, The Masks We Wear. Again, those exhibits are from July 30th to December 4th at the Agnes. Also, on August 1st, City Hall will be lit up in the Pan-African colors red, green, and gold. The City, through the Poet Laureate Program, has commissioned award-winning poet, writer, dancer, and multidisciplinary artist Abina Beloved Green to write a poem in connection with Emancipation Day. The poem will be made available on August 1st and will be published on the Poet Laureate page and shared via social media channels. A reading of the poem recorded by Abina Beloved Green will also be available on the city's YouTube channel. This year, Rockin' in the Square is also committed to the city's efforts to recognize Emancipation Day. Presented by the city of Kingston, Rockin' in the Square is back with Juno Award and Polar's Music Prize winning artist Havaya Mighty this Friday, July 29th. Havaya Mighty is a hip-hop artist from Brampton, Ontario, and has spent her lifetime developing her skills as a songwriter, vocalist, producer, and performer. Her dynamic combinations of rap, song, and instrumental transition seamlessly from hip-hop to soul to Afrobeats with a cadence that transcends any traditional expectation of genre. She earned breakout success with her album in 2019, 13th Floor, making her the first hip-hop artist and first Black woman to win the Polaris Music Prize, celebrating the Best Canadian Album of the Year. With her Juno Award-winning mixtape, Stock Exchange, in November 2021, she made history once again as the first woman to ever win within the Rap Album of the Year category. Havaya continues to boldly defy gendered expectations for women in hip-hop. Again this Friday, community members of all ages are invited to Springer Market Square for an exciting and free live concert from Havaya Mighty, 2022 Juno Rap Album of the Year winner. The show will start at 8pm. Here at CFRC, we are celebrating our 100th anniversary, and as part of our centennial celebrations, we are holding a concert on July 29th. We have a great lineup of local musicians with Hinterwood, Melancholy Caravan, Frank Ryan, and the Codas performing. Doors will open at 8pm and music starts at 9pm. You can get your tickets in advance on Eventbrite for $12 or for $15 cash at the door. That's all I have for you today, but thank you for tuning in to this week's Arts News Updates on CFRC 101.9 FM. Thanks, Christina. And yes, I'm certainly looking forward to this Friday night for our centennial party at the mansion. Quick check on the weather. Looks like a gorgeous week ahead. Mix of sun and cloud for tomorrow, the high getting up to 26. Sun and clouds Wednesday, a slight chance of a shower, a high 25. And then Thursday and Friday, just perfect. Sun and clouds, high 26 Thursday. And sun and clouds Friday, the high getting up to 25. And just a quick note on the roads, Colborne Street from Clergy to Sydenham will be closed tomorrow morning starting at 9 till about 2 in the afternoon for power lines and general tree maintenance. Thank you for listening to The Scoop this week on CFRC 101.9 FM, broadcasting from Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee people. 
You can find previous episodes of The Scoop by going to cfrc.ca.